This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. Let's return to the basics this week. How do you find value stacks? Where do you even look for them? You may hear many people, myself included, saying you can quote unquote screen for value stocks. And I run plenty of screens here on this podcast. But where do you get to do that? Where do you find these screens? How do you use them to get the best types of stocks? So stock screens are rarely available for free, but Zax.com does have some basic ones. And I put that in quotes, basic, because that's what we call it on the site. So you do need to go to Zacks. It's Z-A-C-K-S.com. And when you get to the homepage there, there's a screening button at the top. Um, you need to click on that. So you'll see all the lists up there with the podcast uh, button. And then there says screening. Click on that one and it drops down and you'll have several options. Now, the first one is just screening. So if you want to get some background information on what it means to screen, there's some good articles on there. There are some more custom stock screeners that you have to be Zach's premium to get access to. So those ones are not free. But the articles are good. The kind of the content and the info you can get out of that page is good. But to get the actual stock screener, when you're up at the top on the screening button and it drops down, go to the number two if you're doing stocks. There's also a mutual fund screener on there and an ETF screener. But we're concerned about stocks on this podcast. So that's the second one. It says stock screener. Just click on that button. And that'll take you to a screen where you can create your own screens, basically. So that kind of just looks like this thing where you're like, what do I do with this? Uh, So I thought I'd answer some questions about what do you do if you don't know what to do with that screen? Because it does get overwhelming at the thought of like, oh, I have to create my own screen now. How do I do that? I'm new to all this. I don't know even what what to put in there to find some value stacks, like what is good. So to combat that problem, we did create some predefined screens on that page. And you can see them on that green part of that toolbar right there on the screening module there. It says predefined. So click on that And then it takes you to a screen where you can see two buttons at the bottom. One just says basic and one says premium. The premium has little Zach's logo on it, which means that that's extra. Like that'll cost you. You have to be a member of Zach's premium to get access to that. So we're going to ditch the premium on this podcast because we want free. (laughs) So... That leaves us with, with basic. That's the other button there. And that one does not have the Zach's logo on it. So click on that. And that takes you to another screen with our free basic screens. So there are nine screens that pop up there once you click on the basic button. And two of those nine screens actually have the word value in them. And the first one is called low beta value. And this has the Zach's rank of one and two, the growth, momentum, and value style scores of A and B, 
and a few other things I didn't bother to write down, including the beta. And that one produced when you run it 60 matches. So that's a lot. Then I went to the second one, which is sounds more up our alley, classic value with growth. And that one is similar to the classic value one I've run many times on this podcast, but it's a little bit more basic. So it did not have the Zach's rank and it left off the price to free cash flow ratio. But it did have some other growth components like the five-year historic EPS growth. It did have the PE, the PEG, the price to sales ratio, and the price to book ratio like our other classic value screen. But again, it was just a little bit different and does not have the rank. So I ran that one and I got 49 matches. But 49 stocks is a lot. So the first one, the beta one, had 60. This one had 49. I felt overwhelmed just kind of looking at it. I had to scroll through it. I always like getting a lot of choice in my screens, but not too much choice. It's kind of a fine line, right? And everybody will be different on what they want in their screens. But if you're trying to narrow down the list of stocks that you might want to research or consider, you really don't want, you know, a hundred stocks. That'll take you forever to look through that list. And how do you even differentiate? And then you're going to have your own biases when you look at the list too. You're going to have certain areas that you just like investing in, and you're going to be drawn only to those stocks in the list, right? I know I've done that. So 49 is still too many, and I just couldn't even look through that list for this podcast. So because the point of the screen is to provide fewer options and then go from there, I, I decided I needed to start over. <laughs> so I was ditched out of those basic screens. Now, there are seven others on there. Some of those other ones were growth. Uh, I think there was at least like one momentum on there. There was income. So you can run as many of those free screens as you want. That's why I'm telling you about it on this podcast. So this is a nice feature because, again, most other screens are behind the paywall and you don't get them for free. So you have to pay like our premium ones to get those screens, but not on these we have nine of them on there and it will give you quite a few number of stocks. So you're not going to be bored in finding stocks, but it was too many for me. So I did want to narrow it down. So I went back to the initial stock screener page before I hit predefined. So I could create my own screen right there. Now what that screen actually shows you uh, when you first go to it is a list of different terms. And that that part seems kind of overwhelming. It, it lists like market cap. Uh, it does say the Zach's rank. It says the st style score. It gives PE, um, a whole bunch of other things like 52-week high, I think, is on there. But those are just the most popular screening terms that people like to use. So it's good to get a list of what are the most popular ones because, again, too much choice is sometimes not a good thing. So I looked at that list and I decided to pick out a few things to run a completely basic value screen, which I have run on this podcast in the past. So the very first item on that list is the Zach's rank. So I went over and it gives me the options of uh, greater than, less than, or equal for the rank. The ranks are 
one through five, with one being the highest. Those are the strong buys. That's where hopefully earnings estimates are on the rise. And that's what I want. Might as well go for the best. If I'm going to screen for these basic value stocks, I want the best. So I made it equal the equal to one, and I added it to the screen. There's a little add button, green add button. So I added that in there, and it tells me there's 246 number one ranked stocks right now. Then I decided to just do the basic PE because I do like using it for valuation metrics. And there's a lot of stocks with low PEs right now, so it is a good way to screen for value. So I looked down the list and there it is. There is a PE on that list that's staring at me and it says P slash E and then it just says F1 in parentheses. Now there are little I's next to all those terms on the screen page there. You can hover over it and uh, expand it and it'll tell you a little bit more about what each of those items is. This is a good thing. So if you are wondering, hey, what does this high-low 52 thing means? Hover over that little eye that's sitting right there and it should give you more information. So I did hover over the PE just to kind of see what it told me, but it is just a basic explanation of PE. Now, when I look over on PE, this does not give equal anything. It gives me greater than, equal, or less than equal. So I'm either going to get, you know, 15 itself or 15 and lower or 15 itself or 15 or higher with this this particular item. So I want to go less than whatever I choose. And I decided to go really cheap on this one, uh, which is usually single digit PEs. So remember for value investors, the most common cutoff on a PE ratio for value is 15. But some people go lower. It, it's all up to you, right? That's what screening is all about. But historically, and just kind of in the value investing community, 15 is the, the magic number. Don't ask me why. I've tried to find out why, and nobody's given me a good explanation. So it's just kind of become the norm. And so we're using it. So 15 is the basic cutoff. But a lot of people do 10 or under for dirt cheap. And I know I do. So 10 or under, if it's a single digit PE, especially, then that's really cheap. And I like to screen for that, especially right now when we do have a lot of cheap stocks out there. So I didn't even go with 10 for this one. I decided to go even cheaper at eight. So a PE of eight or less is what I put in. And so I added that with the green button there. And it added with my number one strong buys up at the top of this screen page. And now it tells me that there's 69 stocks that match that. So that didn't really help me. I, I got even more than the other two screens, right? So I'm annoyed by this, but I decided to go even cheaper. I can't even believe that there are that many number one ranked stocks, eight or under, but I decided to do five or under. And up at the top where you added the eight, you can change anything in there. So I just changed the eight to a five. It runs it again and it gave me 33 stocks. That was still a lot, but I decided to go for it. I looked at the list. I was like, okay, there's a lot of energy on here. 
So that makes sense. I know energy has the low PEs right now, and they also have the good Zach's rank because the earnings estimates are on the rise still with the energy. Given the record high uh, prices last quarter, the earnings are all you know, at records or near records with record free cash flow for most of the energy complex, especially the producers. And so many of them are on the list um, right now with the number one rank. There were also some retailers on there um, and then some like shipping logistics. So the shipping and logistics companies still have the rising earnings because they're still kind of working through the backlog and everything that's happened over the last two years with the supply chain disruptions with the pandemic. But the stocks are cheap, uh, both, you know, they've come down in price and cheap on a PE basis because no one believes that this earnings momentum will hold. They all think it's peak earnings with logistics. And now that the supply chain is improving and demand is is weakening a bit in many areas, that that's the best it's ever going to be for the logistics. So nobody wants to buy those right here. <laughs> uh, value trap kind of situation is what they're thinking. So that leaves us with, um, you know, a few of these other stocks that appeared on here, some of them in retail, but some in some other areas. So I tried to pick out non-energy stocks to take a look at to see why they're so cheap because we we basically already know why energy is. But what what's going on with these other ones? And I caution when you run a screen like this and you're running it for a PE under five, which is really, really cheap that there could be something else going on with the company, even with the Zach's number one rank. Um, there could be some kind of backstory like there is with the logistics companies, you know, where everybody thinks it's peak earnings and that it, it could be that these are value trap kind of scenarios. But I want to take a closer look at, at three different stocks so that we could see kind of where we stand with these dirt cheap ones. And, you know, are they really true values here. So the first one I wanted to talk about is one that someone actually sent me on Twitter like a week or two ago and told me I needed to take a look at it. So they'll recognize this one. It is Encore Wire, ticker W-I-R-E, easy to remember, it's just wire. And their tagline when you go to their website is wiring you for success. Uh, but they're a leading manufacturer of copper and aluminum for residential, commercial, and industrial wire needs. And so this is all about, you know, the construction boom and uh, building, basically. And then what is happening with copper aluminum prices and all these things mixing together, supply chain problems, everything. And most of their business is based on the volume levels. And they said in the first quarter, they expected, or just this recent quarter, not sure if that was first or not, that they expect existing volume levels to continue. That's what we want to see because the volumes is what goes to the revenue. Um, they have no long-term debt. That's pretty impressive for kind of an industrial type company like this. Their revolving line of credit remains untapped and they have cash of $469.5 million at the end of the quarter. 
they uh, do pay a dividend, but it's just eight cents and that's for the year. So it's 0.07%, but you're not buying it for the dividend because they are doing quite a big share repurchase and they've been doing that for a couple of years now. So a lot of their free cash flow going to the share repurchase. They have a 2.3 billion market cap. Um, they are trading at around $122 a share, however. So they're not on a share price basis that cheap. And I know some of you don't like to buy stocks over $100. I get it. But on a PE basis, they're very cheap at 4.5 times. Now, year to date, these shares are down 14.7%. But if you go back a little bit and look at the year-long chart, they've basically been in this narrow kind of trading range for almost all that time. So over the last year, the shares are actually up 56% compared to the S&P 500, which is down 14%. But they haven't been able to break out of this channel despite the PE of 4.5. And it's pretty volatile in that channel. It's like... You could get in and the shares decline 20%, but then they they rise again, like right after that. So take a look at the chart. You'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so this one, you have to have a little bit stronger stomach to ride out whatever is going on. And uh, I don't know if this one will run in relation to copper and aluminum prices, but it may so you have commodities in play here with this one. So that's Encore Wire, ticker W-I-R-E, on the kind of industrial side of things. Um, okay, then I am including a retailer. So I chose Signet Jewelers on this list, ticker S-I-G. They have 2,800 locations in the U.S., U.K., and Canada. We've all been to one of their stores before. They own Kay, Zales, and Jared, among others, and some are just online. But they are one of the biggest uh, jewelry retailers in the world, I believe. <laughs> so we all know them. And year-to-date, the shares are down 27%, but they are off their recent lows. So they have participated in the summer rally that we're getting here. Still dirt cheap. PE is 4.9. The peg for this one is 0.6. They are paying a dividend yielding 1.3%. So that's something. It's not the best I've ever seen, but it's something. Market cap is $2.9 billion. They have seen sales uh, holding up in the face of this inflationary pressures, but the shares are likely down because nobody knows for sure how much they're going to hold up, right? And so there's a lot of worries there with a lot of the retailers, even the ones that have been saying, oh, don't worry, our customers strong and they're they're buying a little bit lower, but they're still buying and, you know, you we hear all that and then suddenly it'll be like, well, they've decided not to buy anymore. <laughs> so jewelry is a discretionary item for the most part, although engagement rings, wedding rings probably are big for Signet this year because we're having a record number of weddings this year. A lot that were postponed from prior years are happening now. So record weddings could be a boost as well here. But they aren't reporting again until September, so you're going to have to wait around a little bit. Earnings on this one expected to be up just 1.5% this year. 
1247 from 1228. But, you know, it is holding up compared to last year, which was a great year for Signet. So this one, not sure, but it is off the recent lows. So some some dove in thinking, you know, that PE and PEG are just way too low here and I'm going to get in. But we will see where things develop over the next uh, couple of weeks with Signet. That's ticker SIG. And then the third stock is uh, on the more interesting side. I almost didn't include it. I was taking a look at it and I was like, meh, it seems too cheap, too good to be true. Um, because it is Hive Blockchain Technologies, ticker H-I-V-E, Hive. And its PE is only 1.4. So I really had to look at it and say, what's going on here? How could they be trading at 1.4 times? Year to date, these shares are down 62%. Uh, They are off the June lows, so it was worse. They were down over 70%, I believe, at one point here this year. So they have bounced a bit in this summer rally like Signet has done. These shares have been around for a while. Uh, They went public in 2017. So we have a track record, and shares went nowhere until November 2020 when the vaccine was announced. Then they took off, and it was crazy. They... Um, we're up like 3,000%. So even now, the 52-week range on Hive is a high of $28 and a low of $2.82. So somebody got in at $28 on this stock. Uh, It's trading around $5 now. So you can see it's up off those lows, the $2.82. That was the uh, very close to five-year lows, but Um, actually not quite because before the pandemic, it was trading under a dollar. So it's not quite there yet. It's got a ways to go if it wants to go back to its five-year lows. Uh, Market cap of 414 million. And it looks like they don't have their next earnings until October. They might only do earnings twice a year. It was hard for me to tell because in July, they were or put out a press release about their annual revenue. But the year ended on the fiscal year ending March 31st, 2022. But they do have earnings. That's why they got the PE. So they had record annual revenue for the year for fiscal 2022 of $211 million and earnings of $79 million. Zach shows earnings last year of $0.90. Cents. They um, only had earnings of, they said, $0.35 per share in 2021. So they've had a nice earnings growth during the pandemic. That's probably why the shares were soaring, right? Um, Fiscal 2023, it's not an earnings trap expected to see $3.45. That's why it's got the Zach's number one rank. The analysts are bullish on this coming fiscal year. That's up 283%. So what is it they do? It says blockchain technologies, but it's got kind of this trendy ticker with Hive. So they are a crypto miner. They mine Bitcoin and Ethereum, but they also said they own state-of-the-art energy-powered data center facilities. Like these are green energy Um, in Canada. Sweden and Iceland. So 
they have marketed themselves as actually owning hard assets like the servers and the data centers. Like that's actual asset that the company owns. They do have some debt. They just paid down 5.5 million of it in the last year, but they do have those earnings and those earnings are expected to grow. Now the next fiscal year uh, coming up fiscal 2024, I guess that would be, does show an earnings decline there, but that's a ways off because they've only just entered into fiscal 2023. So that's almost like, you know, a whole nother year away. So I'm not paying too much attention to those earnings declines for the two year out range because we're still concerned with what's happening this year. So Hive, uh, kind of interesting, right? The Zach's rank does have a way of finding these smaller companies I've never heard of before, or I never would have even bothered to go to the website and look and see what's going on. And this is very cheap. I, I can't even describe it as dirt because it almost doesn't make any sense at a P of 1.4, but um, this appears to actually have the earnings growth and the revenue growth as well. Uh, I don't know what's happening on the, the mining side of things. Obviously, Ethereum, Bitcoin prices have come way down. I don't know how much that's impacting their business, but those prices have been coming down for quite a while. And so some of that must be built in. And that's why year-to-date shares are down 62%. But as I've said before, and this seems kind of obvious after I just finish up with Hive there, ticker H-I-V-E, you really have to research these dirt cheap stocks carefully because you don't know why are they that cheap? And you should be asking that question because there's one thing to have a cheap stock, um, you know, one trading at 10 times when it normally trades at like 15 times, you know, if you followed it a while, Hey, that stock's on sale. This is cheap for it. Historically, I'm going to buy some here, but it's another to have it, you know, trade under five times, which these are all trading. And, uh, asking why isn't everyone else buying it? Why why is it, is the market ignoring it? Because remember, with value stocks, that means the market is ignoring it. They're staying out of it for whatever reason. So why are they ignoring all these stocks? But they are. That can be a good buying opportunity for those of us in value, though, because there could be real hidden gems hidden in there. That's why I put the Zach's rank on. The rank does help you, but doesn't totally screen out, uh, you know, things that you don't want to own, but the rank at least should give you rising earnings estimates and the PE at least should tell you that there are actual earnings because if they don't have any earnings yet, if it's negative earnings, they have no PE ratio. So we're not even owning those, those, that's a whole nother thing, right? So, um, but this is just a basic screen. It did uncover these three stocks and these are some interesting ones outside of the energy market. So Keep that in mind when you're running these. And remember, you can go to Zax.com, hit that screening button up at the top to get the basic free screen or create your own like I just did on that screening tool that pops up. But if you don't want to do that, which I understand, or you're too confused and you're like, eh, I don't know how to use this tool, 
then there's a little predefined green button on the green bar right there. Click on that and you'll get the basic and the premium. If you want access to more premium screens with like much more complex, you can subscribe to become a Zaxx Premium, but we do have the free basic ones on there, those nine screens. So that's a nice, like I mentioned before, added bonus because not everybody has just these free screens available. And um, some of them have the Zaxx rank in there too, which is also an extra bonus because it's not always easy to screen with the with the rank. So let me repeat the stocks I talked about. It was Encore Wire, and that one is W-I-R-E, uh, Signet Jewelers, S-I-G, as in George, S as in Sam, I, G as in George, and then Hive Blockchain Technologies, ticker H-I-V-E, the uh, cryptocurrency miner, and, uh, you know, that could be a way to maybe get in some of the infrastructure without actually owning the cryptocurrencies. So keep that in mind, too. OK, as always, you want to be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode because I'm trying to bring you as much information as I can about value stocks, where you can find them how you can unearth the best ones. And I'm doing it every week here on the Value Investor Podcast. So get us on Apple. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Amazon Music. And you can also get us with the Zach's Market Edge Podcast. That's the other one I do every week. I also have stock picks on there. And you can get both of those on SoundCloud. But be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.